Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, August 6th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. lawmakers are scrutinizing a multi-million dollar government loan to Kodak. Playing video games and buying crafts? Apparently that's how people are spending their time during the pandemic. And the 2020 U.S. presidential election has taken a backseat to much of the other news this year. So how's likely Democratic nominee Joe Biden doing? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Last week, shares in Eastman Kodak, yes, the photography company, jumped nearly 1,500%. This was after it announced it was getting into the pharmaceuticals business. What prompted that leap was the equally surprising fact that Kodak received a $765 million loan from the U.S. government to produce drug ingredients to fight coronavirus. But yesterday, Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives opened an investigation into that government loan to Kodak. And our U.S. business editor, Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson, explains that this opens up the Trump administration and people in the company to a lot of scrutiny. Well, I think there are three areas of focus for the Democrats. One is very broad. They want to scrutinize a very large loan given by the U.S. International Development Finance Corporation in support of President Trump's agenda of bringing more domestic manufacturing back to the U.S. The second is the extraordinary share price move that you mentioned in Kodak's stock. Now, it rose, as you said, in a couple of days, 1,500%, but the stock actually rose 25% the day before the announcement of this loan. So something leaked out, and Elizabeth Warren, the Democratic senator, has called on the Securities and Exchange Commission to probe what happened there. The third is something that that huge jump in the stock price brought to light, which was that executives of Kodak and board members had been buying stock at the same time as they were negotiating with the US government, uh, this rather life-changing loan, and had been given quite generous grants of stock options. So Jim Continenza, the executive chairman, for example, bought $103,000 worth of stock in June, which at the peak of Kodak's share price boom was suddenly worth $2.8 million. And we should point out that Kodak came out and basically said that Mr. Continenza purchases Kodak stock all the time with his own money because he believes in the company. Edge, what comes next here for Kodak? Well, at a time where Kodak has its plate full suddenly pivoting to being a manufacturer of virus drug ingredients, it now has to answer an awful lot of letters from different members of the House of Representatives, potentially from the SEC, which is reported elsewhere to be probing what went on here. And I think you know, the company has responded already publicly by saying that its management believes in the long-term success of the company and that there were various sort of technical reasons for giving people the share options that they got just on the eve of the announcement. But it does have a lot of explaining to do. I think more broadly, it casts a rather different light on what was supposed to be um, a very upbeat announcement about bringing manufacturing back to the US. And it's going to uh, leave the Trump administration with several questions as well. Now, we've talked a lot on the show about companies suffering from the pandemic, but some are benefiting too, of course, and that's starting to show up in quarterly earnings. Etsy, for one, has been selling a lot of goods, not just face masks. 
the online marketplace saw sales growth of 93% year-over-year, not including masks. And video games are doing well, too. Zynga, which is probably best known for the Farmville craze a few years ago, saw a record number of users last quarter, which led to record earnings. The company, though, still posted a net loss in the quarter. Nintendo reports earnings later today. We'll see how its popular Animal Crossing game is affecting its bottom line. The U.S. presidential election has kind of felt a little like background music this year. Coronavirus and Black Lives Matter protests, these have pushed aside the focus on what would have been a busy campaign year, even with the November election quickly creeping up on the U.S. Take the national conventions for Democrats and Republicans. This is where the big political parties officially nominate their presidential candidates. Plans for the DNC and RNC have largely been scrapped due to virus concerns. President Donald Trump told Fox News that he's thinking about giving his acceptance speech on the White House lawn. It's the easiest alternative. I think it's a beautiful alternative. I love the building. I'm there right now. Uh, I spent a lot of time here. A lot of people didn't spend as much time. I spend a lot of time here, and I like it. There are questions whether that would be legal. Meanwhile, the presumptive Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, will stay away from his party's largely virtual convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But even with the subdued campaign, the FT's Lauren Fedor says that for voters, this election is mostly about one thing. People I speak to, whether they're on the left, whether on the right, whether they're in the center, they're nonpartisan, everyone agrees that this election is ultimately going to probably be a referendum on the Trump presidency, but more specifically on the president's handling of coronavirus. And right now, the polling figures do not look good for the president. There's an overwhelming majority of Americans, no matter which way you slice it, who disapprove about how he's handled both the public health element, but also the economic fallout from the pandemic. You know, that feeds through into polling when voters are asked head to head, you know, who would you vote for, Trump or Biden? Biden enjoys a comfortable lead nationally, but also in a lot of these key battleground states. And a lot of the conversation, Lauren, is revolving around Joe Biden and and who he's going to pick as his vice presidential running mate. Uh, Who are the leading candidates at this point? So Joe Biden is interviewing a short list of contenders right now. You'll remember that he narrowed his list to saying that he would be selecting a woman, and there are a handful of women that are still in consideration. So Kamala Harris is widely seen as a frontrunner. She's the senator from California. She also ran her own presidential campaign until dropping out late last year. Another name that's been floating around is Susan Rice, who's actually never held elected office, but was a key figure in national security in the Obama administration. There are other lawmakers whose names have been thrown about. Someone like Karen Bass, who people weren't talking about much earlier in the summer, but now has generated a lot of interest. She runs the Congressional Black Caucus. She's a longtime lawmaker who enjoys a lot of support, both from the left and more centrist ends of the Democratic Party. And then there are other members of Congress, Val Demings, who's a former police chief from Florida, and then people who aren't even in Congress. So Keisha Lance Bottoms, she is the Democratic mayor of Atlanta and has received a lot of praise for her handling, not only of the coronavirus there, but also of the civil unrest following the killing of George Floyd. It's just staying on the the vice presidential thing for just a second, Lauren. How is Biden's fundraising going and how does his VP pick play into that? 
Biden has definitely ramped up his fundraising in recent months. He still does not have anywhere near the war chest that the Trump campaign has. The Trump campaign has been solidly raising money for, you know, four years now. But Biden has definitely ramped up his fundraising as now last couple of months, actually, you know, in some cases earned more than the Trump campaign. And and the campaign actually came out on Wednesday. This is the Biden campaign. And they laid out in more detail than they have up until this point about how they're going to spend that money. So they have reserved some $220 million worth of television advertising between now and November. And they're really going to focus those ads in, as you might imagine, those key swing states that are so important in terms of the Electoral College map. Lauren, the whole presidential campaign, you know, I got to be honest, seems like it's just been background noise considering everything else that's been going on in the world. What are you watching out for in terms of Biden, in terms of Trump, just just in general over the next few months? Yeah, so it's it's in some ways hard to believe that we have now less than three months to go until polling day. Uh, I've had quite a few people say to me, and I think that the comparison is fair, that this may end up looking a whole lot more like a European parliamentary election than an American presidential one. Uh, And when I say that or when others say that, you know, they mean that this is really going to be decided by the final six weeks, eight weeks of campaigning. Yeah, I, I can't imagine any big crowds or rallies in the next few months. Thanks, Lauren Fedor. And you can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.